Hello there and welcome to this episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host for today, Rich Polly, and joining me is Ben Hibbert. Hello, you did it different, it's thrown me off. Brew in hand. Well, that's because somebody said you always say this the, the latest episode and some people might listen to them out of order, so I've said this. Yeah. First one, I thought I'd try something new, you know, variety being the spice of life and all that. <laughs> um Speaking of variety, joining us is uh, from the Farcast Focus. Is that what you're called these days? It's Don Flanagan. Hello, mate. Hello. Uh, yeah, no, I think is so. Is that what you're called at the minute? I so, think so. This Nick, Nick, Nick changes his mind every, like, 30 seconds. So I think that's what we are at the moment. Okay, the Farcast something or other. Who still still owe us a song. Still haven't done your song. It's, it's entirely down to Pond. I mean, I think what we should do is get you on stream at the Sith Taker Open with uh, just as a little group, harmonising and whatnot. Because oh, in, a, in a room with a hundred other X-Wingers, singing a song is much better than you just recording something over Discord one night for a laugh. It'll be much more embarrassing for you. And I'm sure there should be a forfeit by this point because you've not held up your side of the bargain after we absolutely destroyed all of you. Yeah, rather than the forfeit involving getting drunk and doing it, the forfeit is that you have to stay sober and do it. <laughs> and I was drunk when I won my game. <laughs> I mean, my game was against Pond, so it didn't really count. Oh, rude. In fairness, yeah, he was I... using Wookiees. He was using Wookiees, afterburner Wookiees. So I was like, oh, seems a bit... Tells you how long ago it was, how long it's been you've owed us this song. <laughs> yeah, I, I was flying a droid swap. <laughs> All the way along, my view was Pond agreed to the bet. He was the one that had to do it. <laughs> right. Also, maybe joining us off and on, it's Tim. Hello there. Just remember to unmute yourself in the seven different places you need to in order to speak. Uh, I actually did have to look, but I was um, unmuted. And then I was going to say good evening again, and I managed to stop myself. So it's all good. Hello there. So tonight, oh, wait, no. Um, so we have got stuff to talk about tonight. Um, so Dom's joined us because um, he uh, has been tearing it up a little bit in the in the south with a separatist list, and we're going to talk through a little bit about what makes the separatist faction good because it was one that a lot of people I think um, discounted um, when a few of their pieces kind of changed. Um, but people have started to find stuff and started to find some results with it. Um, we've also had an announcement of sorts um, from AMG about official play uh, or organized play i should say or official organized play uh, for next year so we're going to run a little bit into that um from a well-known loved and trusted source of the podcast um it's been all over discord and the internet already today so um thanks to the people that have reached out to us and, and told us about it you know who you are um but you don't need named and shamed just in case um amg are listening um so it's not been officially announced yet, but we know what's coming. Um, yeah, then, that wasn't him. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> just, just to be silly. <laughs> um, and then uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about um, a few, a few more bits and bobs about the Sith Taker Open, which is is coming up. So I'm just going to start with that because I know that people tend to listen intently at the start of the cast and then kind of tune in and out as they're commuting or whatever. And, and people in Audis are driving three feet off their rear bumpers on motorways at eight miles an hour and that kind of stuff. So um, Sith Taker Open, we've got just about half of the players have now registered for the event which is great um as tim pointed out at the end of the last cast please don't wait until the morning of the event 
to register for your Longshanks account and to sign up for the for the event. Um, because Longshanks registration process does involve kind of validating email addresses and um, you know making sure that you, you've got your f list in the right format, that you've got all of your upgrades and everything right for pasting in there. Um, we have said if you can uh, just upload a list before the morning of the event, it would be super helpful if you could put it into Yasby. I'm going to email this out to attendees as well, but if you could put a Yasby link into your um, into your list. The reason for that is that, um, and Tim, you have to help me out with who it was, but somebody clever has written a little crawler script that runs across list, um, Longshanks um, and pulls out any list in any tournament that has got a Yasby link in it and dumps it into List Fortress. Um, so just so that the community can see post-event kind of what lists are coming up and so that all that information is updated. Um, can, you, can you remember who it was who did that? Uh, I will uh, be very cunning and I will probably, hopefully, edit this in at the end. Uh, he goes by the Discord handle, Eek Pear. Okay, Eek Pear. There you go. I don't know who that is. No, but... I've, I've messaged him, so if he, if he lets me know, I will give him a shout out at the end. Sweet. Um... So yeah, but uh, I'll, I'll post that out by email. So yeah, if you have a ticket and you've not yet registered on uh, Longshanks, then please do so. Uh, you don't have to upload your list until just before the event. Um, although some keeners have already up put the lists on there, which is lovely. Um, whether it's a placeholder so that they don't forget, <laughs> who oh, knows? I mean, that, that, um, that is the thing. Like you can put a list up now and change it before yeah. registration. So if you yeah. decide you want to change something, you can absolutely do that. Um, yeah. So it just makes life so much easier because um, you don't want to be that person that's trying to register, um, you know, sort their account out on the day. Um, just make life easier for everybody. Um, I will say, uh, so EatPair reached out with this uh, website. It's, got, it's Pattern Analyzer hyphen X-Wing. Um, I'll pop the um, the actual URL in the show notes if people are interested. But um, it's, you got um, any uh, Yasby links are on there, puts the list up quite nicely. Uh, but there's also a stats page as well. So what would be really cool is if everybody can get their list in the correct format, and then we'll actually be able to look at some stats from the event, so faction breakdown, stuff like that. Yeah. Which would be cool without me having to go through and do it manually because I've got a proper job now that I need to pay attention in. So um, I can't just spend hours. At least, uh, at least until you get working. through the probation period. Yeah, at least until I'm through my probation period. Um, exactly. Um, okay, so that's the taker open stuff. Um, there's nothing else really to, to be said on that at the minute. Um, we are continuing to prep and get sort out worrying about table plans and stuff for it but that's a first world problem for us that will be solved anyway with the help of element games so um everything's happy um okay we're going to talk since we're talking about events we're going to talk about organized play so before christmas we kind of said it would be great to just know that something is happening after worlds that there is something coming um, and AMG teased it, I think, on a paint stream or something, as is as is standard, that you know there were going to be store championships of of a sort with a um, line into worlds. Um, so we all went cool. Well, at least there's going to be a world in 2024, right? Um, and there's going to be some sort of store information. So uh, today, um, 
AMG sent uh, an organized play order form out to retailers. Um, they basically say, we're happy to announce that Asmodee UK are now taking pre-orders for a brand new tournament kit for Star Wars X-Wing. Store-level tournament kits are the ultimate challenge for players to test their strategy and tactics against other members in their local community. Each event supports up to 32 players with tiered prizes. Players can earn depending on their final placement. Uh, store tournament champions earn a standard world's invite, giving them a chance to compete against players from all over the globe at the Star Wars X-Wing Worlds event in 2024. So that was the email with an order now button. And they also previewed what was in the kit. So are you ready for this? I'm going to knock your socks off. There are 34. So this is supporting 32 players, the TO, and I don't know, like a random other person or one to chuck in the box um, in the war chest. Suppressive gunner. Everybody gets a suppressive gunner. Now we have to check what suppressive gunner is. Tim, have you still got it open? I was going to say, don't lie, we already checked. Uh, well, <laughs> this is it. I mean, the first thing that shot me was it's seven points, so uh, that might be one of the reasons why we don't see it an awful lot. Uh, but the ability is... Uh, you just clicked off it. Um, while you perform an attack, you may spend one focus result. If you do, the defender gains one deplete token unless it chooses to suffer one damage. Okay. So firing at high, you've used it. Yeah, I think it. I'm sure I it put it in a list because I couldn't put any other decent gunner on it. But and for, I had points left over. <laughs> you've got seven points left over. It used to. I think it used to be cheaper though, didn't it? I think it did. I think it did. Um, it's so, weird that they put the points up on something that isn't used. I mean, well, for, it needs to be on a high initiative ship, right? So that you're depleting a ship before it fires. Um, and then you have to also make it worth your while to get rid of a focus result. I suppose if you had a, I don't know, something that could add a focus result somehow, it might be good. But yeah, I'm. It's Finn? weird. Ben's yeah. not got a gunner though, has he? Ben's not got a gunner slot though. No. So anyway, that's that's the the card that everybody's gonna get. Now here's an interesting thing: thirty three round tracker cards. So I suspect that these are little cards with a little grid on them, with one to twelve, and you put a counter on it and you move it along it. Um, and I have never really thought that I would need one of those, <laughs> but there we are. They might be better than that. They might have a scoring function or something. They might look really cool. I don't know. Um, anybody got any really positive thoughts about round tracker cards? No. Oh. <laughs> I, don't I don't think I've tracked the amount of rounds in a game for at least the last two tournaments. I don't think anyone gets started... anywhere near 12 rounds. <laughs> yeah, no, we've started doing it because we've got, um, Tim got these score pads created for um, using pen and paper at in-person events so that you can, um, you know, keep a track and both players can sign it off and stuff and it's not just being looked after on one player's phone and then, you know, oh, I forgot to do add points on. So there's a round-by-round round tracker, but um, you, you're keeping track of the rounds on that almost by accident because, you know, you're tallying up points each round. Um, where on this one, you're going to have a bit of card sitting at the side of the table that you can move along, you know, whatever. Um, 
Okay, so then we get into the card promos. So we're going to have eight outmaneuvers. Sweet. Fair enough. Outmaneuvers is a good card. It's expensive at the minute, but it's a good card. Um, eight second sisters. Eight Keo Venzies. Eight Vanessa Doza. Eight Lieutenant Galek. Eight Lapin. Whatever, whoever Lapin is. Uh, so those are your eight. So you get top eight, you're going to get six cards. Um, Lapin's the new um, scum mining guild tie. Oh, okay. You forgive me for not knowing that off the top of my head. <laughs> so Lapin is the scum mining guild tie who says, while you defend or perform an attack if the enemy ship is stressed, that ship's dice cannot be modified. So... He's a three-pointer with seven loadout. So there you go. Uh, Vanessa Doza is the one that can fire missiles out her butt. Um, Keo Venzi is the one with force who can sideslip the A-wing. Second sister is the um, mini Grand Inquisitor in an, in an interceptor. Can second sister... No, that's not second sister. What can second sister do? I've forgotten. She was the crit one, didn't she? Yeah, it turn, turns all her hits to crits, I think. Ah, it? okay. Hits to crits. Cool. Um, and then Lieutenant Gallek is one, I think, who gives a coordinate. Yeah, I, I-5 TIE FO that when a friendly ship at, in range zero to three, I think, dies, um, can coordinate the ship even more stressed. Something like that. Close enough. Close enough. He's that 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 one of the of the three point tie FOs. He's that one. Um, so yeah. So again, cards that I've actually seen play relatively. Like I, I've seen people using all of these cards, probably apart from our maneuver in the last few weeks. Um, Vanessa Doza is sadly um, overshadowed as she's a five point T seventy, and there are other five point T seventies who can't shoot cannons out their butts, but who are not whatever low initiative she is. Um, then there's one each of a Poe Dameron promo, which one? Who knows? And a triple zero promo. So the other cards are all from Hotshots and Aces, pilot cards, which means Poe could be the Hotshots and Aces version in the Falcon. Or, because we've already got the Resistance one there, it could be any of them. So it could be Commander Poe, it could be Flyboy Poe, or it could be Difficult Man Poe in the Falcon. Who knows? And triple zero. Which one's your favourite, Poe? At the minute, Falcon, because he's great. Yeah, I hope it's not new. that one, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fair enough. He is fun. I also know Dom wants that one, so I like Dom. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a competition. Oh, wait, it is. It is a competition. <laughs> Because there's only one of them, so um, yeah. So there's going to be one Poe Dameron promo and one triple zero promo. So that little droid that flips—is it hits to crits? If you're stressed, something like that. If you no tri- tri- triple zero. Start the engagement phase. You may choose one enemy ship at range <sighs> zero to one. If you do, uh, gain a calculate unless that ship chooses to gain a stress token. Ah, uh, it's the one that sees play. It's BT ones. The other one, isn't he? Yeah. He doesn't see play. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, and then, and here's the interesting bit. I say interesting. Is it the the infamous typo that's in everything that comes out? Um, one last chance qualifier invite. Uh, so previously it said a seat at Worlds. So in the email it said uh, can earn a standard Worlds invite, giving them a chance to compete against players from all over the globe. Um, and then it says on here one last chance qualifier invite. I think the email 
is wrong and this list is right, I think it's a last chance qualifier invite. And I think the last chance qualifier might become invite only because there are going to be thousands of these kits out there across the globe. Well, what they what they can do with that, I've been thinking about that after we sort of put the pictures and had a chat earlier, is they could say the last chance qualifier is invite only, have, I don't know, 200 spots, give it a, a deadline of, you know, you need to claim your seat by this date, and then they can see if they've got any spare seats, and then they perhaps they put those on general sale. Um, yeah, it, quite possibly. I mean, it's a way to limit it down um, from, you know, you can just turn up or, you know, we, we have to open a lottery because there's going to be 3,000 people vying for 200 seats at the last chance qualifier. If you say, right, you have to have won a thing and have the means to get here. And then you can still have direct access to worlds through bigger events, through whatever else might happen, regionals or even just national level worlds qualifiers like we had running this year where you'd get, you know, maybe one or two from each country um or from each region um because america would obviously have multiples because it's well, a lot bigger so that's what i was thinking about as well earlier is that i i suspect the tournament the the store champ kits will be last chance qualifier if there is going to be regionals nationals continentals world's qualifiers whatever they decide to do and i think it was top four at the world's qualifiers got the the world's invite then yes, the store champ kit would be last chance. But if the if that series of events or or scale of events is not going to be there, then it could be a, it could be a standard ticket to worlds. But yeah, but they say it was going to be a worlds invite. I mean, it says on the kit worlds. No, no, didn't they say in like um yeah when they announced it? Yeah, they... but the last chance qualifier is worlds, isn't it? It's the it's the first rug yeah, of worlds. You know, you have to travel to the world's event to play in the last chance qualifier. If that's where you crash out of worlds, then it sucks to be you. Um, but if it's an invite only, or if it's a, you've got to win a seat at the last chance qualifier, it's more like a first day Swiss that you then have to qualify through to get to play in the really tough second day of Swiss, um, which you then probably have to qualify through. Because I mean, this year it's it's cutting down to eight after two days of Swiss. Um, so I mean, that's brutal. It's just um, about for to worlds. say it's pretty brutal, isn't it? Like rude. Whoever wins worlds definitely earned it. Definitely, definitely. Um, unless it's Liam, in which case he got handed it because people felt <laughs> sorry for him. Um. So anyway, so like yeah, a last chance qualifier invite, and then it also says three scenario punch board sheets. Who knows what they are? Genuinely, no idea. It could just be, um objective markers so that you've got enough for everybody if people don't have the epic battles and haven't availed themselves of louis leong's free deal um but you know amg can't guarantee that everybody's going to know about the fact that you can do these things uh three info sheets and a poster so um poster is going to be stuck up in some inaccessible corner of every game store or maybe not um so yeah anyway that's what's coming um must admit, the promos, I'm kind of looking at them going, oh, store kits, we used to get acrylics. And, blah, blah, blah. and then I think, actually, they're doing something. That makes me happy. <laughs> I can't not be happy about the fact that they've actually announced it. So there's life in the old dog yet. They're giving thought to it. They're applying developer time to it, um, artists' time to it, you know, project management time to it. So, um, 
yeah, it, it's it's a good sign for me that this is happening. Um, any thoughts? I'm also a bit sad that we're not getting a uh, acrylic because they released some cool stuff over the years. Yeah, but um, they don't have Wade to design it anymore, so they yeah, probably yeah. find somebody new. I mean, even the rubbish ones we liked, those um, those munitions ones from 1.0, they oh, were I still awful. Use those. We still I still use those. I, I use them as charge tokens. The tractor <laughs> tokens, they're awful as well, but I still use them. Cause... Yeah, because they're official. <laughs> well, I won them, they're mine. <laughs> yeah, I won them, they're mine. No, you can't have them. Well, <laughs> um, but I yeah. am glad that they've announced that they're going to do it, because at least we know they're thinking about it. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to to this element. Um, part of me kind of I, I was thinking about it because I've I've kind of had it in my head that I'm going to try and target worlds for um, next year, and I was looking at this and my brain just started going. But what about if I have to win a seat at the last chance qualifier or a ticket in order to be allowed to go to play? Then that means I might not get to go because I don't get to do many events. And if I did go to an event, I'd feel pressure to you know, either win it or wait till the end of the season for, for trickle downs. It's like, how, how far down is the, the last chance qualifier invite going to go at that event? You know, it's like, all right, go down to go down to one of the... And it got to the point, I know it got to the point last year where um, the hyperspace it, um, invites were like running down to kind of the person that finished seventh or eighth at some events because, you know, so many people went to so many of them. That they all ended up with an invite anyway. Just go um, to Harlequins. That's where we win our things. Yeah, none of them play X Wing anymore, so that would just be like a big day out. Yeah. Um, so I, I sincerely doubt they'll actually get a kit because they have absolutely nobody up there playing X Wing yeah, at the moment. It's um, a shame, actually. I don't know if you've seen someone broke in. Oh, I haven't. I haven't seen that. No. People are assholes. I'm sorry, but yeah. just trash the place. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Sad, sad. Right, brought me down that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, well, I, th- I think it's an interesting kit because you've got uh, an interesting split of promo prizes there because you've got yep. what six lines of eight cards, one of which is like a generic upgrade, and then you've got five faction specific pilots. So I wonder if outmaneuver will be for your top eight, and then top four get I don't know one or two of the different pilots so we'll probably have to wait for the info sheets to come out and um, that does worry me slightly as well i've just noticed that there's three scenario punch board sheets and three info sheets so i wonder if there's new scenarios or if they are um just you know multiple copies of the same information i mean it'd be interesting if there was a new scenario and the three scenario punch board sheets contained you know um 16 sets of whatever the new objective was for the new scenario, that would be interesting. That would be cool. Um, I mean, that is pure speculation because I have... 100%. Got, yeah, I've got no, no idea. And um, But no, I mean, like, yeah, it, it does look a bit strange, the breakdown. As a TO, you know, I'm looking at that going, you know, how the hell am I supposed to split that down between, you know, the top eight, the top four, the top 16 or whatever. Um, but no doubt, I'm sure that information will come out um so but it's good to see um obviously yeah just a bit, a bit of clarification and um just wait for all those suppressive gunners to flood the uh the uh, market i mean you kind of go everybody gets a suppressive gunner everybody gets a run tracker card 
Um, and then whoever comes first gets one of everything, probably first two get one of everything. And then, you know, you kind of go, right, if you come third and fourth, you get to pick four things off this pile and, you know, and so on until you get to the person who kind of goes, right, well, I get the copy of Lieutenant Gallic that's left over and I don't want it, but that's all there is left. So I'll take that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but anyway... We'll figure that out when it comes to it. In fact, I say we will. We won't. It'll be the people at Element because it's an official store-level OP. So it'll be run officially and centrally by Element, and we'll all get to play, um, which is nice. Um, I'm very... they try and do it on, like, a Saturday or something. Oh, they will do. 100% it'll be on a Saturday or a Sunday. Ugh. Like it always is. These big events, are, and this will be a big event. 32, 32 players will be a big event. Yeah, fair. I mean, the, the last time... And I, I say the last time, it was quite a long time ago. I have a feeling that we ordered two kits and ran it at 64 um, because the event, the, the hole's big enough to do it. But I don't think Element will do that this time. So it would be I'm, one of those I'm, ones. Well, so I imagine you had a, uh, uh, you know, a established and successful TO who probably ordered two kits and because he, because uh, he, 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 he knew. He, he, lo- <laughs> he, lo- he loved the X Wing community. And and he knew that we would fill sixty four seats really easily at that point in time. Yeah, and um, and I wanted to make sure there's some spare promos for me to win as well. <laughs> <laughs> spare stuff to give away. Yeah, um, at future events. Right. Um, okay. Because that's that. So cool. Um, Organized plays back on the menu. Let's uh, look forward to. Oh, to God, we get playing. regionals. I loved regional season. Mm. Oh yeah. That was it was mental though. Like genuinely at one point it was like every other weekend there was a thirty to forty player event somewhere and then our one was like ninety and it was just ridiculous because everybody was going to regionals because there were dice and you could win dice at regionals and it was just like right travel time, let's go. Um me and Will went down to Stockton on I think Tim come actually as well. Yeah. Go on, mate. That was like I think I, that was like Two or three hours, weren't it? Well, I, I made cut, didn't I? So yeah, it's the long old hike, and then the person that doesn't make cut but is the driver sitting there looking miserable while somebody else is still playing. It's just like come on. That that was possibly one of the scariest drives I've ever had with anybody because um, it was like uh, proper like horror fog had like descended on the dual carriageway, yeah. and Will was pretty tired. And I think I had dozed off at one point, and then I just remember waking up when the car sort of drifted over the, you know, the rumble strip on the on the side. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that was. Uh, mm. and <laughs> well, to be fair, it's a scare. Refused to slow down as well. Yeah. Well, then, because then, then that means it takes him longer to get home. So you know, more chance of falling asleep if you drive slow, isn't it? <laughs> the weather was that bad that Bob just paid for a hotel somewhere. He's like, I'm not driving back in. That it's awful. I'll be back in the morning. And and also, I mean, to be fair, it's probably as dangerous having a hotel in Middlesbrough as driving home with Will <laughs> at that time of night, to be fair. Um But no, well. re, re, yeah, regionals would be good. Like, you know, we've we've got our trip planned to the Welsh Open end of June. Um, so maybe maybe the sort of the timing will fit where some of these bigger events will also be regionals. I don't know, but um yeah we'll see we'll see what happens but if not it'd be nice to see perhaps the, the you know the world open qualifiers come back yeah i think there's going to be big events again you know the um the grand london grand tournament the lgt where they held it this year has already announced its dates for next year 
Um, so hopefully if AMG are going to pile onto that one again, they'll do it with a bit more time and a bit more notice. Um, same with the um, UK Games Expo. It's already announced its dates, but it hasn't announced its event system. So um, those are two weekends that if you are thinking ahead might be worth targeting uh, refundable bookings on local hotels um, rather than waiting until the last minute. That said, the London Grand Tournament is hold, being held in the same place and will still have um, a campsite next to it that's like £15 a night. So, you know, if in doubt, pitch, <laughs> you'll be fine. <laughs> Unless you die of hypothermia. But, you know. Um, right, let's talk about your event you then, Dom. Sleep in a camp bed. <laughs> <laughs> and grumpy about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then try and be able to play X Wing the next day. That's the that's the bit, isn't it? All right, Tom always sorts out my accommodation. <laughs> Whatever works, right? So Dom, you went to Out of Arc Gaming, apparently. Yeah, so every year down in Bournemouth there's um uh, a weekend where they call it's called Beachhead. Um, and there's a ton of different game systems there and a bit like a mini expo type stuff so there was 40k adeptus titanicus um legion x-wing loads of different tournaments going on over the weekend and yeah out of art games in conjunction with uh entoyment i think from dan and paul uh ran the x-wing event on sunday pool where's pool uh, yeah. I think it's a lovely place, but where is it? Just to the side it, of Bournemouth. Oh, come on, endorse it. I hear it's a lovely. Oh. <sighs> Call yourself dad. So that was a dad joke to end all dad jokes, and you didn't even get it. I'm sad now. You know, if you have to explain a joke, it's not funny. Yeah. I mean, sorry. <laughs> right. There'll have been some people laughed. I don't believe Guaranteed. No. <laughs> Um, I hear anyone from the solar mass. With, with the two people that laugh, please, uh, you know, contact the Facebook page. <laughs> let Rich know you appreciate it. He'll make you send your prize. It'll be more dad jokes. <laughs> hey, there's, there's some brilliant TikToks of dad jokes. They're the best. Um, like, all right. I watch TikToks. <laughs> I don't. My wife watches them and makes me look at them. Um, so there was 21 players. Um, yep. and you were the, uh, so it was five rounds of Swiss, right? Yes. And you won. I mean, you can <clears> say, <throat> and I won, you know, you don't have I to did. be shy. No, I did. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what was the, what was the room like? Cause uh, I recognize some of the names on, on the list as I look down on Longshanks. Was it a, was it a bit of a tough room or was it kind of middling with a bit of a sharp pointy end at the top? Uh, it was quite mixed. Um, yeah. you, had, you had a lot of very, very casual players there, and there were some very competitive sharp end as well. So you, you had a, a decent mix. Um, cool. And uh, how did you... So you went 5-0. What what list did you bring? We, we mentioned separatists already. Do you want to just quickly talk us through it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yes, I'm running separatists at the moment. Um Wait a minute. Is are you on? Are you on the secret at the minute? I oh, know you're not because it's public yeah. on Longshanks. So yeah, I mean it's been on the Firecast and all sorts. Uh, my my view is if anyone um, is really worried about what I'm running, then um, 
they've got bigger issues because I'm not the person that they need to be scoping out for worlds. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait um, a you, you've top 16 worlds before, though. You're a you're a known quantity. Um, oh, he's handy. They'll be saying he's mm-hmm. handy. Do you want me to talk you through your list, Dom? Or can you not remember it? I could do it if you want. <laughs> Go on then. Go on then. Carry on. Yeah. So yeah, it's Septist at the moment. Um, running Django Fett in the Fire Spray. Um, the version I took at the weekend had elusive, uh, delayed fuses, jamming beam, savage press, proton bombs, contraband cybernetics, false transponder codes, veteran tail gunner, and slave one. Because he can take everything and the kitchen sink. Tells me Django Fett had treacherous, according to your list on Longshanks. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, no. Um, or did you change it for Elusive on the I day? I changed it for Elusive before we oh. started the event. Um, and then none Sounds of Sounds like Judge needs to be called. Yeah. Judge. No, no one could work out how to then modify the list on Longshanks. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I ran Dirge in the road class with elusive proton cannons, Xanadu blood, and proton bombs. Okay, uh, so proton gen- cannons is the every other turn HLC, but you do a crit as well, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it has, oh, a, okay. has a built-in crit modifier. It can change an eyeball or a hit result to a crit. Cool. And uh, General Grievous, pretty standard with outmaneuver, solar swarm, and diving platen. Yeah. And the new Siege of Coruscant, uh, DBS 404. So, um, advanced proton torpedoes. Yes, yeah, he gets advanced proton torpedoes and the new strut lock override, which is a bit like collision detector. Whilst, whilst you do maneuvers, you can ignore obstacles. Yeah, uh, but he can't shoot at range zero anymore. No, he can't, he, no, his ability and stuff doesn't trigger at range zero anymore. No. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, so standard General Grievous, best ship in the faction, probably. Um, and yeah. seeing a lot of dirge out there at the moment, it's interesting, I suppose, you've got a lot of tech in that dirge build for scenarios. So your proton bombs and your proton cannons are there to help you with... Um, popping crates off people if somebody decides that they're going to try and um, grab crates and run um, in salvage mission. Um, and then you've got APT for that. You've got Proton Bombs and Slave 1. Because Slave 1 gives you crits, doesn't it? Yeah, whenever Django performs a front arc attack, um, if he's in the rear half of the defender, he can change a hit result to a crit. Yeah, so lots of ways to do crits and to chase crit, crit mechanics. A nice medium base for um, assault at the satellite array. Yeah. Um, f- four quite individually scary ships that you don't want to ignore um, for chance encounter. Um, so what's the what's your weakest scenario? Because it looks like this is a fairly solid all-round list. Yeah, um, I think salvage is probably still its weakest one because whilst it's got a lot of tech to force people to drop crates um none of the ships particularly want to pick them up either Um, dbs dbs will grab one for you won't he yeah dbs usually dirge doesn't hate it and grievous doesn't hate it but yeah ideally you you don't love it 
but you, you, um, murder, you murder your way to victory, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a horrendous scenario for the list, but I do think it's probably the weakest one out of the four. So, who who did you play um, Salvage Mission against? Which of your games was it? Uh, oh, that's that's enough. That's a question. So you you had um, you had Wes well, scramble the transmissions round one. Then you had Darren Wargaming Dad McNally, who I've played on TTS, lovely man, in round two. Yeah. And then you had Pond in round three. Yeah. And, and then, then you Pond had was Salvage. Pond was Salvage. So he was flying three ship scum, right? Yes, Bobba, Emmon, and Kanan. So neither okay. was particularly. <laughs> were, there just, were there just five crates floating around the map while you fought each other? <laughs> yeah, there, there wasn't a lot. So yeah, the game, the game versus Pond, I was eight one up at one point, entirely mm-hmm. down to scenarios. Neither of us had killed a ship, and I was eight one up on scenarios because I just went, I'm just going to go pick up a load and then just just pit ping yours off you. Um, yeah if you get to keep them then happy days if yeah. not then never mind um if you've got a ship advantage on him anyway but he's two fire sprays and Kanan at the minute is he yes yeah so cool yeah. cool so i mean the list does interest me i don't play separatists but it's the kind of list that i look at and i think in the hands of a good player that's terrifying in the hands of an average player they'll miss a lot of what makes it really good like really good as opposed to just kind of good um so like leveraging savage press and his ability rather than just using him as a free force point because yeah. after a ship in your front arc at range one to two gains a stress or strain token you can spend a force and if they do that ship gains a focus token so if you link action into a stress then you can get a focus anyway. So Grievous can, you know, can he target lock boost? Or he can bar- barrel roll focus or boost focus, so it can be double focused. Um, yeah, no, the, the, the great one with it, which catches people out, is DBS 404, because he barrel rolls into target lock, and then you yeah. can give him a focus token, and then he gets target lock focus for the APT. Yeah. And people go, oh, I didn't see that coming. And you're like, yeah. yes, I know you didn't. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And I was interested by tre- the fact you had Treacherous on Django. And I think it is still a- an amazing card that people just don't play often enough. And so people don't realize it. And then you told me you got rid of it for Elusive. And I was sad. Um, yeah, it was. So I tried Treacherous out on the Firecast on Friday before the event. And um, <clears throat> it did okay. Um, but I was having a good chat with Connor before um, going down to, to Beachhead for, for the event on Sunday. And it was more just elusive is in my control of when I use it and mm-hmm. when I recharge it. And treacherous is more, well, if everything lines up great, I get to use it. But it's more down to my opponent rather than down to me whether treacherous will trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's a while you defend, so they can opt not to shoot at you. They can shoot at the ship that's obstructing. Um, although if they are shooting at you past one of their own ships, you can you know strain their ship and stuff. But yeah. Django, I guess, doesn't get to leverage that so much because he's I six, so he, he'll have often shot before somebody shoots him and ends up strained. So, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a really interesting list, and um, yeah, I like it. I like it. What was your what was your toughest game? Uh, my toughest game was round four versus Dale. Mm. What's he? Um, what was he on? 
Dale was on six ship FO. Um, It's a really nice list. I've suffered at the hands of that quite a bit recently. Yeah, so he is actually running Lieutenant Gaelic. Um, Yeah. Gaelic's popping up quite a lot recently because it's an I-5 that can take a tractor beam. Yeah, or an ion cannon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so Dale was running Lieutenant Gaelic with tractor beam, fanatical, elusive, biohex, crypt codes. Uh, Malarus with cluster missiles. Scorch with fanatical predator optics. DT with baffle fanatical optics. Uh, yeah. Ember with proud tradition pattern analyzer. And then Nightfall with the enhanced jamming suite, Prockets, fanatical and sensor scramblers. That, so there's a lot of attack there. The, the version that I've played against a lot basically has shield upgrades on the ties. Yeah. Um, so their attacks are much less accurate. But on this one, between fanatical predator and optics um yeah. interestingly he hasn't got predator on on dt798 as well he's put baffle on there but um yeah i, th- I think dt only gets one um talent slot uh ah, okay that makes sense so um, fanatical's better yeah, yeah fanatical's better um, um but optics makes those attacks super accurate anyway yeah and it's, it suits dale dale's quite an aggressive player um and that round was assault at the satellite array. So he's got mm. six ships versus my four. Um, and it, it was a very brutal game. Um, yeah. yeah. Ember is mean. Ember is one of the three or four ships that can uh, that can stop you from having fun at range zero. Um, so if you're damaged and Ember shoots you, you can't spend your focus token on defense. Um, yeah. And that's the same on range zero attacks. I mean, your your list has got that with dirge. You know, yes, I'm shooting yeah. you at range zero, but you're in my bullseye, which means I can't modify your dice, but uh, my dice, but you can't modify your own dice either. So let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you know, red dice are better than green dice, so it, it it's it's just you know a a, a better option. Um, yeah, yeah this... I think I think between Dale and I, seven ships were dead by the end of the game. Yeah. I had an interest. I had a bit of a look at um, at Dale. Dale went um, four and one at the end of the day. Um, yeah. Although although one of his games was a draw and one of them was a buy, so uh, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on there? His margins are very very close. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's ended up four and well four one one. I'm guessing they said no draws here. Rode it off, boys, or something. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's basically what it was for the day. Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Cool. What did you win? Big loot, um, fat swag. No, there's uh, some nice acrylic supplied by Buy the Same Token. Um, okay. So got a, a little bit of Buy the Same Token acrylic and stuff, which is nice. And they um, also gave everyone like a out of arc gaming um, damage deck holder for everyone okay. that turned up as well. So lovely. That's good. Yeah. So more acrylic for you to chuck into your big drawer of acrylic, yeah. Yeah, or uh, we'll come up to the STI with me um, and hand to you. <laughs> Give it to somebody and say, there you go, there you go. Yeah. You, can have this. you appear to still be using cardboard. Here you go. You can have yeah. this stuff. I've, I've been yeah. doing that at a few events recently, just taking some spare acrylic with me. And if anyone's got cardboard, I'm like, no, here, have this instead. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time I went to a, a, a store championship event and I won some acrylic for getting in top eight and it was like so chuffed but it was a store kit so they had um they had the uh the orange range rulers um yes. and if you got top four and got into cut you got 
these orange range rulers and i was like oh i i, I went three and one but i didn't have a good enough mov to make cut and one of the uh nyxith takers colin kind of came up to me and he was like i've already got a set here you go mate and i was like oh and it was just the best feeling in the world um when an experienced player just hands you something that's valuable um you know because it's you know i just missed out on this now somebody's given it to me and it's awesome it's so nice um and it's something that we try and do on a tuesday night with the new players when they come down like you know a guy's just going oh i can't find my stress tokens oh, and he's fishing in pulls out loads of cardboard and you're just like oh i've got like nine third party stress tokens that i don't use anymore since i got some official ones here and you just hand them a handful of like cogito or buy the same token acrylic and just go there you go you and like, oh, I'll give them back after. It's like, no, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. I've got loads. <laughs> Seriously, it's good. But it's such a nice feeling. It's great that the community does that kind of stuff. So good. Cool. Um, Ben, have you any thoughts or any quick, quick words, questions about oh, yeah. um, Dom's list or any of his games? Why wasn't it a full droid swap? <laughs> <laughs> Would um, your list have been better if you got rid of Django and Grievous? I'm used to send each other they're basically the same droid swarm, but with slightly different loadouts all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing yeah. with this missile instead. Yeah. I mean, I, I still love my Sactus. And um, yeah, when, when the new pilots and stuff came out, I wanted to try them out and play around. And I do actually have an eight ship list that has, in one turn, every ship can roll three red dice or something. Um, but with scenarios and stuff and eight ships and things, you end up playing like three turns and it's, ah, oh, I just, I don't think I can deal with it anymore. Yeah. So who was you like your MVP for the day then, ship-wise? Uh, probably Dirge. Probably Dirge. Um, he either was putting through some decent damage with the proton cannons um, or the proton bombs with the board control. Or he was playing "Come and Get Me" um, and "You Won't Kill Me Ever." Um, he's really which, hard to kill. Which dirge is that? Dirge is that the come back um, to life one? Come back to life dirge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he did actually die in one of my games, which was against Pond, um, and I think Pond ended up having done something like seven damage to him. And then uh, after the charge, I still had like three health left. <laughs> It's so crazy when it works. So you had to go kill him again, and it's like that. <laughs> and he's in, him only being four points as well. Like you can you can lose Dirge and four oh four, and still have only given up seven points. Yeah, there's something deeply soul destroying and demoralising when a ship that costs two or three points, or sometimes even four points, takes like three ships, two turns to kill, and then you. you your opponent says, and you get two points for that, and you're like, oh, <laughs> why did I bother? Why did I bother? How did, um, how did you find the um, the strut locks on 4 bit 404 as well? Uh, they took a bit what of getting you? used to. They, they, they can be. They, they take a bit of getting used to, especially when I kept wanting to land on rocks with it, and I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> uh, but again, it's, it's just something that it's Lots of lots of parts of this list are just things of trying to give your opponent bad decisions to make, um, and when you've got four oh four sat in amongst uh, a bunch of rocks and stuff, and your opponent goes, "Well, 
I don't really know what to do because 404 can just three hard through that rock and barrel and take a target lock on that ship. Or he can three hard the other way, barrel and take a target lock on this ship. And the rocks are just completely nonsense. So I don't know which way your ship's going to go. Um, yeah, just, just the psychological thought process that your opponent's going through when you've got those options available to you can, can help. Even if at the end of the day, you might just choose to do a one forward and sit on the objective. Yeah. I mean, structure less bad than they used to be. I say less bad, less good than they used to be, because you used to be able to do all sorts of stuff with them that they've stopped you doing now, but yeah. they're still fairly filthy, I think. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Septus did quite well um, at the weekend. There were, there were three Separatist players, and across the 15 games, Separatists only lost three. It's always no. been the case, though, with Separatist, hasn't it? Because... They they're relatively un, unused by people, but people who took them really like them. Yeah, yeah, they're good. And separatists have always had that little bit of secret sauce going on here and there, haven't they? That people haven't quite kind of got their heads around almost what it does and how it does it, or how good it is at doing what it's going to do. So, um, yeah. Uh, they're one of the factions that I always think, oh, I wish I'd bought into them back when I could, <laughs> but I can't now, so never mind. Um, if you buy a fire spray, you can use it for scum and separatists. I've got a fire. Sp- I've got a fire spray. I'm there waiting. I'm still waiting for the split of the Mandalorian collection. I bet somebody has bought two separatist fire spray is willing to give you the dial and things. Well, not even the <laughs> dial, just the um, cardboard. So I can now run double fire sprays, is that what you're saying? Well, you're just slowly working your way into CIS. Just ever so slowly. Yeah, you'll have fun. It's great fun. Yeah, I mean, I mean, fire, fire sprays are good to you. You can blast yeah. some fact. He's great fun. I mean, no. I think, if anything, I'm slowly but surely working my way back into... Um, Scum and, uh, scum and villainy, but I genuinely do think that at some point, and I don't know when, they're going to break the Mandalorians out and do a separate faction. Um, I, just... I quite like that idea. You, you've mentioned that before, and I really like that because scum is quite bloated, isn't it? It's too bloated, yeah. It's just too big a faction at the minute. It needs but to. It's funny that it's still crap at the moment. <laughs> I mean, is it though? Yeah, they've only got one archetype it's Kanan and some ships. That's Kanan, Boba, and something for seven points, well, just, right? Just Kanan and some ships seems to do quite yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, I've seen... Um, oh, what's his name? Batman. Uh, Azagal, Ernie, um, yeah. playing um, Rook, uh, Kanan, Rook, Boba, and Azagal's a really good player and really good. He used to fly two ships um, when you could and is now flying basically two ships with a support vessel that keeps the two ships alive for a bit and flies it in the same way that they used to fly the two ship list. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's crazy good. So, yeah. um, yeah, Kanan's really popular at the moment. Um, but one list at the weekend, which I thought was quite interesting was he had still taken the two fire sprays, but instead of Kanan, they were running dirge. Who was that? Uh, Dan Minty. So he was running uh, um, Bobber and then Dirge and was running Hondo as the second 
second fire spray. Okay, interesting, interesting. I think Hondo's really good, but struggles for being I1. Yeah. So it's just uh, often just ends up hanging out in kind of in no man's land because you have to commit to something at I1 and then if you get it wrong you're just sitting there where the power of Boba is that you know you can always boost to change what you're doing at I5 Mm. Um, why they had to get rid of Slave 1 because Boba was busted with it yes Um, right okay well there we go so well done you uh, for winning that event Um, well done you well done you congratulations on your that's like a well done. I'm not really happy that you won, but whatever. <laughs> Met- metaphorical pat on the head, and I'll ruffle your hair in person at this. I take a rope and when I see you. And you good boy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> maybe not. Eh? <laughs> I know you are small like a child, but not yeah. as small as Nick. It is always no. worth remembering um oh that's it's worth mentioning the sith taker open you guys are going to be podcast uh not podcast you guys are going to be streaming but on day one at least it's not going to be you it's going to be best burnett nikki um yes. but then on day two whichever of the three of you fails to make cut will be there to support best burnett nikki yeah or alternatively all three of us uh, all three of you. To make up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure one of you will get through. Odds, odds say that one of you should get through. It's gonna, we're going to be cutting to 16, I think. So, yeah. um, And when Dom makes it. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So, yeah, we're, uh, you'll be able to catch the Sith Taker open on, on the Firecast Focus. And you guys stream every Friday night from, is it Nick's house? somebody's yeah. house it's it's every other friday we we stream from nick's house and then we tr- we're trying to get a few events and stuff so as well as the sto the other event we are looking at streaming is the welsh open yeah okay and possibly uh if there is a nationals or world's qualifier um doubtless nick will be in touch with the organizers because he has made a personal commitment not to let um national level uk x-wing go unstreamed um so yeah yeah, yeah, we, we we did the we did the last two world qualifiers um, last year in twenty two. So yeah, yeah. you did we, the system we, open as well, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We did the we did the two thousand and twenty system open. Um, we did nationals as well. I remember you did a one of the ones at the UK Games Expo because yeah, um, I was playing in it. I didn't get anywhere near stream, but um, I got to watch Nick being stressed a lot. It was quite entertaining. He was running around trying to get updates and all the other games in cut while I was just hanging around watching and he was getting stressed trying to figure out game states and stuff um, because the streamers were going, what's happening with such and such a person or <laughs> what's <laughs> happening with this game? And he was like, I- I'll go and find out for you. And off he ran as fast as a little last legs would carry him. So, um, Yeah, no, he's, um, yeah, no, we, we, we tried, we tried to capture all the big events and if, if the, the event organizers will have us, we'll be there streaming them. So yeah cool fantastic all right um in his absence then liam has offered us up a question which uh dom hopefully you'll be uh, able to help us to answer so um i'm going to start with tim because he's been quiet which makes me think that he's off in the background playing clash of clans or something um so tonight's question what rules 
tips or tricks did you wish you knew when you started that you know today? So like the rule of 11 and stuff like that. So nobody's allowed to say the rule of 11. Um, although we will explain what the rule of 11 is. But what well, tips go, go, go on, Rich. Let's, let's, let's start off with, we'll say Liam's one was the rule of 11. So what is the rule yep. of 11? So the rule of 11 is if you have a small base ship and your opponent has a small base ship and you both set up with your ships facing each other at the edge of your deployment zone, so as far forward as you can get, then if there is a total of 11 base lengths moved between your two ships, you will engage at range three. So if you do a five forward, that's six base lengths because five, five forward is five plus the one for your base landing at the end of it is six. So if your opponent then does a four or a five forward, you will be shooting at each other. If they go slower than that, you won't be. Um, so what it means is that two X-Wings doing a four forward without boosting will not be shooting each other because they will have moved a total of 10 base lengths and there will be about half a base length in extra left over outside of range three. So that's what the rule of 11 is. Um, you can do it on the hypotenuse on diagonals, but my brain can't cope with that. But some very good players can figure out the rule of 11 based on where people have moved across the board. Really, to be honest, once you've been playing for a while, you can eyeball it and know roughly how far you, you, know, you are out of range three. But um, yeah, so that's the rule of 11. And that being said, Tim, what trip, trick or tip do you wish you knew that you, when you started that you know now? So it's similar to the rule of 11, which is uh, essentially it's like knowing the the lengths of bases. Uh, so a, a small base is one forwards, a large base is two forwards, and a medium is one and a half, for, uh, like one and a half if you sort of obviously splitting split the two. And you can use that obviously in the rule of 11. So it's not just about going five forwards. It might be, know is there a boost involved and stuff so you know you're 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 one forward for you so like say oberon for example i i use him a lot um you know he can boost in the system phase so he's already gone one forwards plus his base that's two then you've also got your maneuver but it's even little things like if you're trying to trying to guess if you are in range of an objective if you've got a small base ship nearby or, or another ship nearby you know that that's one and if you're trying to work out, so um, the the range one ruler is two and a half base lengths or or two and a half forwards. So you mm -hmm. can use those measurements when you're trying to help sort of guess ranges. Um, and I find that to be really useful for trying to work out like bombs as well. You know, am I in range of a bomb there? Well, can I fit two and a half base lengths between my ship and the bomb and stuff like that so um i, I that's what i tend to use is uh sort of the, the visual aid of, of a base length and working out distances that way mm -hmm. yeah yeah um really useful to know <laughs> how, how that how that works yeah i mean like you know there's i mean i think i've spoken about it before like um when i first got into x-wing i used to have a big sheet of cardboard uh, beside my desk in the warehouse at mantic games and what i did is i got a large base and i like mapped uh the forward maneuvers i then mapped the hard turns to the left and the banks to the right and i kind mm -hmm. of drew a grid off that as well so then i could work out you know, sort of how, how many base lengths forwards I move and how many to the right. Like, um, 
I, I knew that with the hard turns, uh, like that the hard one or a large base would overlap slightly, that the the, um, the two hard would kind of go corner to corner, and same with the banks as well. I think a three three bank is like it was like two base lengths or one and a half base lengths forwards, one to the right pivot. So yeah, I, I, I like uh, little tricks like that. I found you know if if I sort of knew that stuff earlier on, it just helps work out um, you know uh measurements in the game because obviously you can't pre-measure um and that could yeah. be it could be, could be criti critical if you're deciding what actions to take because you don't want to waste an action attempting a scenario action when you're def mm -hmm. definitely not going to be say within range to an objective yeah i mean so like the one that the one that i know now because i think i heard it might might have been scott on hexiled gaming talking about it is that it's often difficult to judge bank maneuvers um, and where a bank maneuver will land um, and something that he pointed out that I was like oh that's true fancy that is that a bank always finishes inside your firing arc so if you look down the angle of your firing arc and you think right my firing arc is going through that obstacle over there then unless your three is going to take you past it or whatever um, then your bank will land you on it you won't just nestle in next to it. It will land you on it. Um, you've got well, a little, yeah. You've got a little bit of play outside of the bank, inside the firing arc. But if your firing arc is overlapping the rock, then you will definitely land on the rock. Um, there's a little bit of play on the inside, but not on the outside. And obviously, the bigger bigger ships are closer to the edge of the firing arc. But um, yeah, you will definitely clear. Um, if your ship is doing a bank, if there's nothing in between uh, in inside your firing arc. So, um, yeah, but just knowing where things go, like it is all geometry. It's something that an old Sith taker who doesn't play anymore, Jacob, used to say. He was like, but it's simple. It's simple translocation and geometry. It's just basic physics. And it was like, yeah, but you're a physics A-level student and I'm not. <laughs> so leave me alone. <laughs> Let me just see if I can eyeball it. But it is just simple geometry. Um, because the ships always go the same distance to the same places so taking the time to learn where they will go is is really useful um so ben what's your one it's so as long as you're inside of the rocks you can always do like a 4k without going off the edge yep and it's it can be quite useful when you're just learning of that worry you think oh will i go off will i not but as long as you're the other side of the rock it, it's fine. Yep. I know it's a little simple one, but it's it has helped me a few times. Yeah, yeah. Like using stuff that is placed on the map as a uh, as an indicator. So I've seen people using um, putting rocks exactly one range one apart. Yeah. Um, so that there's a visual indicator of what a range one is um, on the board somewhere that they can kind of draw, like carry it with their eyes over to somewhere else and be like, well, I know that's a range one gap. So that means that that shot is going to be range one or I'm inside a range one or whatever, um, helping you to to visualize that. Um, and also, by the way, if you don't have any cut down range rulers, um, uh, five straight is the same distance as uh, range two, um, which is just something that I always tell people when I first start playing against them. Um, and they go, oh. <laughs> To the point where some some of the lads at club still pick up their five straight when they're measuring ranges to see if it's a range two or a range three shot. They'll just pick up the five straight and use it. So that's good. 
Um, he right, cool. to use that same thing when he's flying the TIE Swarm. We'll be checking for his range, but also looking where the K-turn's going to land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, just... what, I mean, but that is, I mean, that all, it all does link in, like you say, it is just, you know, if, if you know your measurements, so when you are measuring ranges, you, you know how far a fall forward will take you. You know, it's like, well, that's where the edge of my base would get to. Um, you know, as long as, long as you're, you're measuring to, you know, sort of legal targets as such and not just, you know. Yeah. How much information can you hold in your head? Because if you measure a shot and you're like, that is just range three, then that means a 4K will drop in that space. Um, but only just. And if nothing gets nudged or bumped, um, then your 4K will fit. You've then got to remember that the whole way through that engagement phase and the whole way through the planning phase. And then start eyeballing it again, and then you go and wait. Was that a range three? Especially if you didn't shoot at that ship, you might not remember. But yeah, there's the kind of fine margins that experienced players will often just do. And one of the reasons why experienced players beat new players is because all of these little things that we just know, they're still learning. Um, Dom, what about you? Uh, it's not really any rules or anything, but a tip that I would do for new players would always be um, to practice your turn zero. So practice setting up obstacles um, around, um, especially around your scenario objectives and how you want to deploy your list and, and like practice uh, openings. So you know, for example, that if uh, if I've got this objective set up at range four from your board edge and at range two from there if these obstacles are in x y and z if i do a two forward then a three bank barrel roll in the in the first couple of turns i know exactly where i'm going to be i've always found that that's that's quite handy especially um for newer players to give you uh, that sort of muscle memory for your, for your opening games yeah yeah, and I remember playing against, um, oh, his name's gone out of my head now, but Henry, Henry from uh, the people that made the really nice cards and playmats and yeah, stuff. Uh, and what do you call them? The ones that made the really nice cards, All Wings. Henry from All Wings. Um, and I used to play against him. Like, we kept getting paired into each other at um, national events and really, really nice lad to play against and chat. And I played a game against him in, I think it was one of the team events, one of the side events, where he he was playing Lando Falcon, and he s- spent ages laying down templates across the, the, the edge of his deployment zone um, so that, like, Lando was exactly like range six or something from a board edge facing towards it. Uh, like along his own board edge facing towards one of the side edges but like he measured out like range six before he put his ship down exactly there i was like this is weird and then i realized that what he'd done was he knew that if he then did a certain sequence of moves he could do a two hard turn at that point and take himself up that board edge and be you know a centimeter away from the board edge and if he tried to eyeball it he might fly off the board if he and it basically meant that he he was able to just skirt in a predefined pattern supporting the rest of his ships which flew up the middle because that lando gives free actions and stuff and that's what he was there for so he knew that at i5 he was going to set him up you know in a certain way 
that we'd give him a predefined flight path. And I fell into his trap because I was like, oh, I'll just mooch over here. And then his lander was just like blasting down the board edge and there was nothing I could do because he was moving after all of my stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, was, it was amazing to see it. But, yeah, having a, having a preset couple of opening turns is a really good way as well to calm yourself down. Like if you always do the same opening with your ships, then you're like, well, I know what I'm doing the first two turns and I don't have to do something different. And as you said, muscle memory. Yeah, I used to do it with any, you know, yeah. seismic, stop, reload, um, one forward bastion, take a lock on Benny for M9GA, and then Lulo goes up and tries to take the flank on whatever side he's gone on to. And then the next turn, you know, do the same thing again. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but, you know, then Bastion would do a three bank and blah, blah, blah. And I had the same opening for every single time I used the list. And it meant that I wasn't, I was then able to react from that point. The same rocks, the same opening, and everything like that. And if they set something up in some way that I didn't like, I could always adjust ever so slightly. But you know, if stuff got set up in a way I didn't like, I had Venny and Seismic, so I could just blow them up. So it was fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that rock. I used being to like there. that. That we used to do. We used to blow up a bomb on the first turn. Yeah. Uh, blow up a rock. Sorry, on the first turn. Stop and reload. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, what, what have you done that? It's like I don't like debris clouds. Debris clouds are nasty for me. So instead of suffering from that debris cloud, I'm just going to put it right in front of me and blow it up turn one. And then I don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> that was my strategy. It seemed to work most of the time. It's all mm. good. All right, cool. I mean, there's there's so many little, like, weird little rule things as well. Like, um, it, it is a good question that, that Liam's kind of posed, but there's so many little, like, niggly rules interactions and stuff like that. Um, something that, takes confidence to do and probably takes experience and practices is that if you're not sure about a rules interaction irrespective of how much your opponent says no i'm sure it's right you should always always validate it because it could be that they've not read to the bottom of the card it could be that it's right it might just seem unfair it might need a, a judge to come over and look at it and just say no no it is yeah it feels it's a bit feels bad there is some gotcha x-wing out there um you know there's a, at tournaments you know, people won't give you take backs like, you know, crack shots. You know, that's another one. Always check if your opponent's got crack shot because um, if they've got a bullseye on you and you they roll one hit and you roll one evade and an eyeball and you've got a focus and nothing else to spend it on because it's the last shot of the turn, don't just scoop your dice up and say dodged it because at that point they say crack shot. And in a tournament, you can't then say, oh, I would have spent my focus um, because you didn't. Um, and so the damage will go through um but yeah it's uh that i mean there's so many little as i said nig niggly little rules interactions and weirdnesses that most people will never find themselves suffering from but uh, they do just happen sometimes um but as uh dave um lever from the from element will tell you um don't crash your fenrau into the front of ember from the first order because Ember will roll two hits out of hand and you'll roll all focuses and then you'll die because you won't be allowed to spend your focus token. Um, so. Yeah, all right, cool. Well, that was good. Um, I think, have we got anything else to talk about? Uh, we can say best of luck to those in the top 16 out of uh, the Kyber team champs. I know uh, Dom 
is part of Torncast with uh, Ollie and Connor. Um, Torncast 186, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, best of luck to those uh, those 16 teams. So I think um, I think some of the games have started this evening. Yeah, we've got some quite a few listeners, actually, who are still in um, at the minute and quite a few who've done well during the course of the tournament. So uh, we didn't. As we touched touched on last week, we didn't do so well at all. We won our last round, so we ended up on a horrible two and three, I think, um, was where we ended up. But, um, yeah, the event itself, I think the um, it's, it's, a, it's a proper global phenomenon. There's, uh, yeah, a lot of people um, still, still in, a lot of big names still playing. So a couple of former world champions. Just kicking about casually 501 people it's all good let's go um so we'll see if we can get uh some people from the winning team on in a few weeks once it's finished um as well so right sweet um okay dom do you want to do any more shout outs or have we dropped enough um ka-ching moments for you i, I think i think we've gone over them enough already <laughs> <laughs> There's a pond, Nick, the far cast, mm. yeah, everybody down in Bournemouth. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Southerners, Southerners, P players, Um Liam, boarding broom. Right, Ben. Well, let's, uh, we might as well say happy birthday to Liam for last weekend. Oh, yeah, happy birthday, Liam. He's now nearly, is he 30 now? I think he's 43. <laughs> well. Like, his body's considerably older than his face. <laughs> Looks like a tall Lewis Capaldi. He does a little bit. <laughs> um, ben, have you any shout-outs you want to do? Um, just to all the Element guys. Keep it, keep it on. Maybe they'll all start listening one day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Rick Rick Cooper Actually, for coming back. Shout-out to Rick Cooper for coming back. Yeah, so Rick, Rick used to be the number one downloaded uh, downloader of the podcast. Um to the point where he apparently used to like listen to each episode about four times because he used to listen to it in his commute. Um, and so he would listen to it like backwards and forwards because he kept zoning out and stuff. And um, he just hadn't played version 2.5, basically. I think he played the week before it dropped and then he was a bit disenchanted with it. And then, you know, things happened and he got other priorities. And then he was watching a couple of games the other week and thought, oh, that actually looks fun. I remember that. And he turned up. Uh, at club night on Tuesday, um, beat a couple of people handily, and then went. Well, that was fun. I enjoyed that. I went home again. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully, he, he is currently seeking permission to get um, a pass from his wife for the Sith Taker Open. And I was like, honestly, getting a pass from your wife is probably the easy bit because tickets are turning into unicorn poo. So um, yeah, um, cool. Um, have you any shout outs, Tim? Uh, yes, so Eek Pair is Sebastian. So thanks for getting in touch, Sebastian, and sending uh, the, the link to your site, and uh, I'll put that in the show notes if people want to check that out. And um, I, I've provided some feedback because one thing I noticed was when you convert the lists, um, it, it doesn't like rank them. And I said that perhaps it, that would be useful to get get them ranked on that that page, just because. Um, uh, 
not being harsh, but you tend to look at the top list, don't you? So it might be a bit better just to sort of you know look at it that way. Uh, his response to that was that he didn't really want to, you know, take what you know List Fortress and other sites are already doing, uh, which I take, but you know, it is what it is. It's it's all kind of the same sort of thing, but. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's nice to sort of see uh, other sort of community contributors, uh, you know, trying different things. So, um, yeah, keep it up. Yeah, it's great. Great little resource. So thank you. Cool. Cheers, Sebastian. All right. Well, that's it for us for today. So uh, just a thank you to Dom and we'll say goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. I will say goodbye from Ben. What was that, Ben? It's done all. Bye. Small man in the hall. Um, and g- g- goodbye from Dom. Yeah, cheers. Bye. Speak to you soon. Bye bye. Who was that? That's me. Uh, I hiccuped and burped at the same time. I didn't have time to mute. My hand rested under my chin and it stopped me from opening my mouth.